0: Chapter 1 Vietnam, the Advisory Years to 1965 by Robert Futrell and Martin Blumenson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Part 1 The Truman Years 1 Origins of the American Commitment to Vietnam. About 700 miles west of the Philippine Islands, across the China Sea, lies the great indo peninsula. China is to the north, Burma to the west, and Malaysia to the south. The western part of the peninsula holds Thailand, ancient Siam, while the eastern portion contains Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam, formerly elements of French Indochina. This area of Southeast Asia Sea attracted little american interest and attention until the closing months of world war ii american policy makers who shared president franklin d roosevelt's anti-colonial sentiments expected indochina to be freed from french hegemony yet france re-established control over laos cambodia and vietnam which had been part of the french empire since the nineteenth century To some extent this occurred because the British government wished to resuscitate France as a European power to help Britain balance somewhat the growing strength of the Soviet Union. The United States acquiesced in this aim, and increasingly so as the confrontation of the post-war superpowers evolved into the Cold War. It was the Cold War that drew the United States into this region. Japan had virtually occupied Laos, Cambodia, and Vietnam after the fall of France in 1940. While allowing the French to maintain a presence and a measure of control, the Japanese incorporated the Indochinese economic resources into their system. In March 1945, with Metropolitan France liberated and a full-fledged member of the Allied coalition, The Japanese interred French civilian and military officials and removed the pretense of the combined occupation. French police agencies and other offices of internal control having been eliminated, indigenous groups seeking Vietnamese independence began to expand their activities. The most vigorous organization was the Viet Minh, dominated by the Indochinese Communist Party, and directed by Ho Chi Minh. The Viet Minh launched guerrilla operations against the Japanese and soon claimed to control much of northern Vietnam, the Tonkin provinces. To help harass the Japanese and also to gather intelligence, the U.S. Office of Strategic Services sent several small teams to Vietnam. By the time of the Japanese surrender in August 1945, the Viet Minh had emerged as the leading nationalist group in Vietnam. Viet Minh soldiers on August 19 arrived in Hanoi, capital of Tonkin, and assumed de facto control. In Hue, capital of Annam, the central provinces, emperor bao dai last of the vietnamese royal family and a puppet of both france and japan abdicated in saigon capital of cochin china in the south a committee took power while recognizing the overall authority of the hanoi regime on december two in hanoi ho chi minh proclaimed the independence of the democratic republic of vietnam meanwhile the war in europe had closed and in July 1945 the Potsdam Conference convened. The American, British, and Russian representatives agreed to include French military forces in operations being planned in Asia, chiefly to liberate Indochina. The conferees also acted to regularize operational boundaries. The China theater under Generalissimo Chiang Kai-shek was extended southward to the 16th parallel, just below Turain, Da Nang. The territory south of that line came under the Southeast Asia Command headed by Admiral Lord Louis Mountbatten. This division determined who was to exercise control after the Japanese capitulation. In August 1945, Chinese nationalist troops moved into Tonkin and part of Annam, while British troops occupied the rest of Anam and all of cochin china the british restored french authority in the south and the french brought military forces into the country and ruthlessly suppressed vietnamese aspirations for independence despite some continuing guerilla activity the french had regained their former colonial status and were well established in saigon by the end of the year in the north, the Chinese refused to intervene in a contest between the well organized Viet Minh and the small numbers of French. Concerned by the threat of the Chinese Communists under Mao Tse Tung, the Chinese nationalists were reluctant to see the triumph of Ho Chi Minh in Vietnam. They preferred the return of the French if France would abandon territorial and economic rights formerly granted as concessions in China. This generally neutral stance fueled the struggle for power between the Viet Minh and the French. A guerrilla war of low intensity soon developed. When the French agreed to renounce their concessions early in 1946, nationalist China recognized French sovereignty in Indochina and moved Chinese troops out of Vietnam. By the end of March, they were being replaced by French military forces. Ho Chi Minh had been negotiating with the French authorities for recognition of his new government and ultimate independence. The exchanges were futile, and incidents of violence multiplied. The climax came in November 1946, after a French patrol boat in Ha Harbor clashed with Vietnamese militia. The French responded by brutally bombarding the city, and killing an estimated 6,000 civilians, whereupon Ho broke off the talks. In December he moved his government into the mountains of Tonkin and opened full-scale guerrilla war by attacking the French in Hanoi. American policy makers had conflicting feelings. Their sympathy for the Vietnamese nationalists left them reluctant to see France restore control by force they wanted French authority to enjoy the support of the Vietnamese people. On the other hand, Americans were uneasy because Vietnamese independence might produce a communist state. Hoping that the Vietnamese were more nationalistic than communistic, U.S. government officials urged the French to end the guerrilla warfare and to find a political solution acceptable to both parties. If France made a bona fide accommodation to ultimate Vietnamese sovereignty, whose strength might collapse. Continually advocating an equitable solution to the problem of conflicting claims to power, the United States prohibited the export of war materials to the French in Vietnam, although munitions sent to metropolitan France could, of course, be reshipped to Southeast Asia. While combating Ho's guerrilla activities, France entered into negotiations with anti-Ho Vietnamese parties. To give these elements a native leader, the French, in the spring of 1949, installed Bao Dai, the former emperor, as the chief of state of an entity formed by the union of Tonkin, Annam, and Cochin, China. But this was hardly more than a show of sovereignty for the French retained control of Vietnamese foreign and military affairs. Troubled American officials began to accept this arrangement as the Cold War intensified everywhere. The Greek Civil War, the Berlin Blockade, the Coup d'Etat in Czechoslovakia, as well as the successes of the Chinese communists against the nationalists, led to a heightened concern with worldwide communism that appeared to be monolithic. Surely, Ho Chi Minh's communist affiliation was part of a growing global menace. To cope with this and to rehabilitate Western Europe as a force against communist encroachment, The United States, early in 1949, helped to form and joined the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO, for mutual defense. The final triumph of the Chinese communists in October 1949 seemed to confirm the worst American fears. It spurred the Congress to pass the Mutual Defense Assistance Act, designed to deal with the Cold War the President was empowered to dispense funds to various nations, including the general area of China, which was extended to cover Southeast Asia and, specifically, Vietnam. The ongoing guerrilla war in Vietnam that weakened French support of NATO and the defense of Western Europe, the arrival of Chinese Communist troops at the northern frontier of Vietnam at the beginning of 1950, The formal recognition of Ho Chi Minh's Democratic Republic of Vietnam by Communist China and the Soviet Union in January 1950 all persuaded the United States government to adopt the Bao Dai Solution. On February 7, 1950, the United States extended diplomatic recognition to the state of Vietnam as well as to the kingdoms of Cambodia and Laos. Nine days later, France requested American economic and military assistance for prosecution of the war in Indochina. Unable to bear the burden without American aid, France was thinking of withdrawing from the region if Ho Chi Minh received increasing resources from China and the Soviet Union. What the French needed immediately were ammunition, napalm, and barbed wire to help defend perimeters around Hanoi and Haiphong against Viet Minh attacks. Their air units in the Far East possessed only obsolete and miscellaneous aircraft. Few fully trained military maintenance technicians were on hand because of a general shortage in metropolitan France, where the French Air Force depended in large part on contract aircraft maintenance president harry s truman regarded the emergence of communist china as an extension of soviet power and saw the growth of communist influence over asia as a threat to american interests he instructed the national security council to formulate a policy for strengthening non-communist asian nations the result was a resolve to block communist expansion by collective and bilateral security treaties since the joint chiefs of staff (JCS) had already recommended spending funds to support anti-communist forces in indochina seventy five million dollars allocated in the mutual defense assistance act for the general area of china was appropriately at hand the french wanted a substantial and long-term american commitment and in the spring of 1950 american decision-makers all opposed what was called losing southeast asia to communism consequently the united states government during fiscal year 1951 decided to provide one hundred and sixty four million dollars in military aid to france for use in indochina Whatever doubts some American officials may have had that French military success predicated on American military assistance would necessarily lead to a strengthened non-communist government in Vietnam vanished in the face of two events. The first was intelligence confirmation of increasing aid to the Viet Minh by the People's Republic of China the second was the invasion of the republic of korea on june 25 1950 by the communist forces of the democratic people's republic of korea now the struggle seemed absolutely clear as president truman told americans on june 27 that communists had passed beyond the use of subversion to conquer independent nations and will now use armed invasion and war The United States, he promised, would resist aggression in Korea and, at the same time, accelerate military assistance to France and the associated states in Indochina, Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia. Even as he spoke, eight C-47 transports were being prepared for delivery to metropolitan France because the situation was critical in southeast asia american pilots flew these planes direct to saigon and turned them over even before formal u s agencies were in the country to coordinate shipments of assistance materials these eight aircraft were the first aviation aid furnished by the united states to the french in vietnam as american forces entered the war in korea and as the French resisted Viet Minh attacks in Tonkin, Donald R. Heath became the U.S. Minister to the Associated States on July 6, 1950. The initial elements of the U.S. Military Assistance Advisory Group, MAAG, entered Saigon on August 3. Brigadier General Francis G. Brink, USA, assumed command on October 10, and Lieutenant Colonel Edmund F. Freeman, the air attache in Saigon, handled air assistance duties until the Air Force section of MAAG Indochina came into being on October 8, under Colonel Joseph B. Wells. Mr. Heath was the Chief of Mission and the senior U.S. Representative in Saigon. General Brink, the Mag Chief, was his military advisor, mag received and reviewed requests for american aid to the ground naval and air forces established requirements and after coordinating with heath submitted them to the department of defense DOD. although americans hoped to work directly with the vietnamese as well as with the french the french termed the bao Dai government and its military forces incapable of dealing with assistance matters French troops were carrying the burden of the war, and the few Vietnamese units in existence had limited capabilities except as auxiliaries. As a consequence, Mag received requests from the French, transferred title of military assistance program materials to them, and tried to ensure the proper use of the items supplied. On December 23, 1950, the United States, France, Vietnam, Cambodia, and Laos signed the Mutual Defense Assistance Agreement. The provision stipulated that American goods destined for Indochina would pass through French hands. The military assistance effort had three priorities. The first was responding to emergency requests to enable French forces to meet immediate threats the second was improving french military capabilities the third and least important was developing indigenous vietnamese armed forces with respect to aviation requirements not until october 1950 when forty u s navy f-6f Hellcats arrived in saigon aboard a french carrier Could the United States make available fighter aircraft to replace the old Mk9 Spitfires. While the French requested F-63 King Cobras primarily because of their 37mm cannon, the United States Air Force had no spare parts or ammunition for these obsolete aircraft and instead furnished 90 F-8F Bearcat fighters, which were ferried to Vietnam in February and March 1951. Delays in installing ground equipment postponed the arrival in Vietnam of five RB-26 reconnaissance planes until July. 24 B-26 bombers were renovated and transported to Hawaii by carrier in December, then flown to Touraine nine others flew from Sacramento to Hawaii and on to Vietnam at the end of the year. These deliveries completed the initial aviation schedules under the Mutual Defense Assistance Program. The planes enabled the French to expand sortie rates from an average of 450 a week in the summer of 1950 to 930 in the spring of 1951. Despite higher American priorities in Korea, U.S. material dispatched to Vietnam helped the campaigning. High Commissioner and Commander-in-Chief General Jean de L'Arter de Tessigny said in January 1951 that U.S. air resources, especially napalm bombs, arrived in the nick of time. Mr. Heath believed that French superiority in aviation and artillery was responsible for turning back a Viet Minh offensive. In particular, the use of napalm was a decisive factor in the French holding operation. Further French victories in May of 1951 compelled the Viet Minh to abandon battles of confrontation and to retreat to low key guerrilla operations of harassment and ambush. This war assumed the characteristics of a stalemate. For a variety of reasons, to gain the initiative to respond to American urging for a greater Vietnamese stake in the struggle, to allow France to contribute more to the NATO defenses in Europe, the French acceded to a request from Bao Dai and projected an expansion of Vietnamese military forces. They opened an air training center at Nha Trang Airfield in June 1951 and a Vietnamese Air Force office in Saigon in July. Furnishing for training several Marine 500 Cricket Liaison aircraft, French-built version of the German Fieslerstorch, Storch, the French established the Vietnamese 312th Special Mission Squadron at Tan San Nhat Airfield near Saigon. Though the first Vietnamese flyers received their training in metropolitan France, French instructors at Nha Trang started in March 1952 to train small numbers of pilots, observers, and maintenance men. These efforts permitted the activation in 1953 of two Vietnamese cricket observation squadrons, and in 1954 of a Light Combat Assault Liaison Squadron equipped with French Dussault M.D. 315 Flamants, The three squadrons were reorganized on July 1, 1954 into the Vietnamese 1st Liaison Group. Although the air training program had significance for the future, it yielded only a token number of Vietnamese Malaysian pilots and observers who had begun to fly combat missions under French control toward the end of nineteen fifty two by then the new mag chief Brigadier general thomas j h trapnell u s a and colonel arvid e olson chief of the mag air force section were concerned over the effectiveness of french air force indochina it was limited to a personnel ceiling of ten thousand men and still suffered from a scarcity of technicians aircraft maintenance and supply were consequently marginal Plagued by poor consumption records, the French found it difficult to project further material requirements. At the same time, the Korean War imposed its own needs. American deliveries to Vietnam decreased. The F-8Fs and B-26s, scheduled to meet increasing attrition, remained unsent during 1952, yet ten C-47s arriving in March and April 1952. And ten more in September and October bolstered the French. The French flew the C 47s to their limits to meet stepped up action by the Viet Minh in October. The planes performed so well that General Ruul Salan, who had replaced de Latre, asked General Trapnell for additional ones. Trapnell passed the request to Washington and towards the end of the year, Far East Air Forces, FEAF, headquarters in Tokyo received instructions to fill the order. FEAF hurriedly dispatched 21 C-47s to Clark Air Base in the Philippines. There, the 24th Air Depot Wing removed USAF insignia, added paradrop equipment, and delivered the planes to the French in Natrang. To provide technicians for better maintenance and supply, the wing sent a temporary duty force to Nha Trang on January 4, 1953. This was the first USAF contingent exclusive of the mag to deploy in Vietnam. They remained in the country until French troops relieved them on August 14th. While the United States was funding approximately one-third of the costs of military operations, the French, despite limited success in northwest Tonkin, became increasingly disheartened by their own casualties and expenditures. Appropriations from Baudai's government and from the French National Assembly for continuing military operations were difficult to obtain. As Secretary of State Dean Acheson informed President-elect Dwight D. Eisenhower in November 1952, the French in Paris as well as in Vietnam were wavering in their support for the war. They wanted international backing and additional assistance for their efforts. Dealing with this problem would be one of President Eisenhower's concerns. Far East Air Forces were in Japan. Fifth Air Force was in Japan. Thirteenth Air Force was in the Philippines. Twentieth Air Force was in Okinawa and Guam. Far East Air Material Command was in Japan. End of chapter 1